welcome to Inside the Piranha Club. We'll take a look back at yet another Max Verstappen victory at the Austrian Grand Prix. The bit of a rift forming between Toto Wolff and Lewis Hamilton. We've got plenty to go at. I'm Rebecca Clancy. And I'm Ben Hunt. Uh, so lots to talk about. Mostly, yeah. mostly, I think we should start at the end and the five-hour delay... Mm. Not wanting to be negative. I was laughing just before we started recording and Ben said I should go with it and start on a positive note. Uh, but we're going to start on a negative note um, because it was ludicrous. We, yet again, we've been covering this sport a long time. Uh, we're used to the hour delays that we get mm. getting a final result. It took a whole new level of absurdity last night, I thought. Yeah, for five hours, um, you know, the race since the race was over um, that we actually get to find out who was where. Um, I mean, thankfully, it didn't change the top three. Um, you know, that, that could have been a bit of a disaster in terms of photos and everything and all the fans that were at the track. But yes, um, from fourth place down, there was all changes, wasn't there? Eight penalties in total. So it's regards. all, to explain, it's all about track limits yeah. and how yeah. many times you go over track limits, how many warnings you get. So, go on, Ben, I gave you the task of working out how many penalties there I were. Know, I know so you can... told me this, but I, I think there was something like 47, wasn't there? Yeah, it's ludicrous. Um, yeah. You know, um, so so just to bring everyone up to speed. So at this um, this track, like, like others, there's some difficult turns, uh, nine and ten to monitor, and they have this uh, rule that if you put your car completely outside the white lines, um, then your lap time is deleted, uh, which is obviously a problem for qualifying. So if you set a very quick time, um, you could find out that it's expunged from the record books because you've left the track and in their view, you know, you've gained an advantage. Um, I don't see how, but uh, you're not supposed to leave the track. So the idea is that you slow down. But of course, Formula One drivers being Formula One drivers don't slow down. They go even quicker and a lot of them fell foul of this rule and had their lap time deleted which you know in qualifying is frustrating but it's you just get on with it but it's a whole new level of ridiculousness in the race because what happens is every time you do it you, you know you get a tally against your name and the moment you get four um strikes uh, then you get a five second penalty if you do it again you know four times and it's another five second penalty and they all add up um you know just ask Espen Ocon who had 30 seconds worth of time added to his you know total time um and and it's just ridiculous you know, so you've got uh, the, the new VAR style system employed by the FIA, which the president made a big song and dance about, saying it's going to, you know, change the way they do their business and ensure that there's going to be speedy decisions and everything like that. Well, I'm afraid it didn't work. Um, the person in the VAR office was 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 noting the infringements, but for some reason they weren't adding them up and they weren't applying the penalties in the race. So um, come the end of the race, um, you've got a long list of, of, of people with tally marks against their names, but not all of them had served penalties. So they needed to rerun the race and then decide if the drivers had gone off track. If they had done so, then they needed to tally them up. And then they tallied them up and then they turned that tally into seconds in terms of penalties and then they applied the penalties. So not massively fair if you if you ask me, you know, someone like Ocon, as I mentioned, had the th- you know, half a minute added to his total time. You know, he could have been feeling that he was doing all OK, everything that, you know, he was 
doing in the cockpit was fine. There was no warnings. Um, and yet at the end, he gets clobbered with this um, ridiculous penalty. Do you so, mean he would have like pushed harder to open up a bigger gap? Yes. If he'd would, known he was going to get... Same harder, with like Lewis yeah. Hamilton got five yeah. seconds. It's the same principle, I suppose, if you don't know what you're fighting against. Yes, or, or if indeed you had done it and you thought, okay, well, I did that last time and there was no penalty. You know, I never got a told that, that that wasn't too far over the line. Therefore, I'll do it again. You know, they're taking it to the limit each time. And then obviously, you know, it could have been every single lap of the... 60 plus laps that he did he went over the white lines and he could have got caught you know the penalty every single time so i heard they um, had to go through 1200 infringements yes. mm. which is i suppose explains the five hour gap what i don't yeah. understand is why it was so bad this year i remember last year it was quite bad but i don't remember ah, it being anything like this this is because they used the var system this year oh, this was the right. first time, okay. this was the first time that they had done it uh previous years they rely on the four or five stewards at the track. Plus, they asked marshals to have a little look as well. Right. Okay. Um, but this time, there was actually a designated person or persons responsible for watching the live feed um, at that particular turn. So, which is which is why I find it incredible because you've actually got someone there watching. I would presume here a screen just showing that turn, and all they've got to do is just mark off every single time someone does it and then provide that information to race control to apply the penalties. But but, uh, but, more, but more than that, in the most high-tech sport mm. in the world, why do we have people looking at it on a monitor? Why well, isn't there some sort of technology in football, if the ball crosses the yeah. line or not, you know, it's automatically registered either way. Why don't we have that? You know, we have GPS to within millimeters. Mm. Why isn't it automatic? And as soon as, you know, it goes onto a tally on a computer, then it is done immediately. You're right, and I can't, I can't answer that. And I find it hilarious to, to a point that uh, the race director has come out, you know, last night and said, oh, we told you to put gravel there. You know, as if it's funny, like not funny, yeah. Yeah, as if it's the track's fault. You know, the track there, the Red Bull ring, that, that hosts multiple other series there, um, MotoGP being one. You can't have a gravel trap there. They can't, you know, no. MotoGP riders wouldn't want it. They'll so, kill themselves. <laughs> you know, so um, it's it's... It's insane to, to think that uh, they should be making changes like that. And it just drives a bigger wedge now between F1, the FIA. And, and I think now what you're seeing is teams and, and, and drivers also getting a bit cheesed off. Um, and I do wonder now about this, um, the man in charge, you know, Niels Wittit. I wonder whether he will still be in charge come 12 months. You know, the man was brought in to replace Michael Massey, the man that fudged the 2021 outcome at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And I'm not sure whether the new guy is any better than the last guy. I'm not sure he even wanted the job, did he? It's an impossible job to fill, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they keep saying that they're giving them more support, but I'm not sure we're seeing that yet. It's not being so, communicated, is it? So we no, don't know. Well, I mean, nothing gets communicated from the FIA, does it? Mm. I mean, actually, interestingly, I thought when the FIA note dropped last night with all the penalties on it, at the very end, it had a comment saying the stewards think this needs to be looked at, track limits mm -hmm. need to be looked at in the future. And you're thinking, crikey, even they're saying it. Yeah. Like, it's absolutely ludicrous. Uh, right, moving on, because we could actually talk about this all day. Uh, right, let's go on to, as I mentioned, is there a rift growing, or not even growing, is there a rift forming between Toto Wolf and Lewis Hamilton. So Lewis Hamilton was not very happy with his car. Mm. So just a quick explainer, Mercedes obviously got rid of their unique, <laughs> I think that's me putting it nicely, unique concept where they had no side pods. They've gone down the more traditional route 
And when they brought that in from, it was from Monaco, but uh, obviously Monaco is a bit of an outlier for most tracks, but they had seen an uptick in performance and they were much, much happier. They arrived in Austria and they were totally, totally bamboozled by this car. Uh, Hamilton made absolutely no bones about it on radio, kept complaining. And eventually Toto Wolf in quite a rare appearance on the radio, believe it or not, he doesn't actually like going on the radio. And the reason he doesn't sit on the pit wall is to try and remove himself, or this is what he tells us, remove himself from communicating with the driver because he thinks he gets too impassioned. Anyway, Pete, Pete Bonneting, who was Lewis Hamilton's race engineer, was trying to calm Hamilton down to no avail. And eventually Toto Wolf had to step in and he said, Lewis, the car is bad. We know, just please drive it, which is really unlike him. And I guess the background to this is the contract negotiations, right? Mm -hmm. So we were told in Canada, which was um, nearly a month ago, that uh, three weeks ago, um, that the contract talks, they should be done in a couple of days. We're now, Toto was saying, we're not getting them before the British Grand Prix, which is in five days time, this weekend as we're recording it on the Monday. Um, And... It's all just a bit ridiculous. Um, yeah, a couple couple of things on that. Um, you know, uh, uh, do you need to go and sort that out? <laughs> I'm sorry, that is my cat who has just brought oh. up a toy mouse. <laughs> well, there we go. No, I thought it was the- Lewis moaning on the radio. <laughs> no, I know. All the children are asleep in my house, apart from oh. the cat who is now playing with the toy mouse. Anyway, okay. so. Well, look, we can carry on from this. I mean, this we'll is carry a nice on. It's um, nice interlude. <laughs> um, where were we? Uh, Lewis. Uh, uh, so Lewis, contract talks. So, yeah. what, what, so I what mean, was the, what, you were in Austria. What was the feeling on the ground? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I've kind of been obviously keeping my ear to the ground on all this. And, you know, Toto did that interview, which you alluded to uh, in Canada, where he said, oh, is it in America, wasn't it? Where he said, um, oh, we're, we're days away. And he was pulled up on that in Austria. And they said, oh, look, you know, you said it was days away. Now you're saying, you know, it's not not, not close yet. And he said, well, you know, a month's still days, you know, 30, 31 days. And it's all a little bit awkward. Um, I think he probably regrets saying that because my understanding at the time was that they weren't massively close to signing the deal. Um, you know, they, they've got a verbal agreement there. I think that's in place in terms of um, numbers you know, with regards to pay and duration. Um, I think it's the niggly bits which have to go through the lawyers and that's like contractual days and um, probably percentages of sponsors that come in and, you know, very, very intricate stuff. Um, that that will be the toing and froing between a team of lawyers and it's rather like buying a house, you know, it takes forever to get sorted. So I think he was kind of wrong to suggest it was going to be days. Um, I, You know, I, I've always said I don't expect any other decision than the two of them to commit, um, you know, for, for two years. I, I do believe. Yeah, I saw a story that there was an expectation that it would be five years, but that, yeah. I don't think that's ever been the case, has no, it? No, no, I think that was a... I a can't wrong. imagine Hamilton would ever want five years either. Well, I think it was a, a wrong reporter, um, or was it a <laughs> wrong report? So something was wrong along the line on that one. But um, no, I firmly believe it's, it's probably two years. Um, maybe an option for a third, but, but five is obviously quite a long time. There's 
a different element to this this deal in the sense that Lewis wants this ambassadorial role um, with Mercedes. Yeah. He's made no secret of that, that he stands, you know, wants to stand with them for the rest of his life and, you know, be part of various different projects, um, be it diversity and inclusivity or car design or whatever. Um, you know, he, he wants to be involved. So, you know, you could, if you were writing a story, right, you know, Lewis wants a deal for life. Um, you know, you'd be with, within your... Um, rights to write such a thing. Um, although it's Is that the sun bit, headline tomorrow? Bit no, 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 it's not actually. No, <laughs> no. Um, well, it may be. I don't know. Not that I've done. Um, but yes, yeah, so. Um, we don't write the headlines. Oh, yes, yes. So, yeah, I don't think it is going to be. I don't think it's going to be announced. I don't think that there's a, a big problem, but I do think that everyone at Mercedes was very frustrated this weekend. You know, they yeah. had a fairly good couple of races, and there was a little bit of a belief um, after the sprint qualifying where Lewis and George actually did okay. Uh, yeah. No, Lewis did okay, didn't he? Lewis did okay, yeah. George um, got a Q2. And so I think that there was a little bit of a. A boost, and then they seem to go backwards. Um, you know, but now it's all full steam ahead for the British Grand Prix, where they've they've always gone fairly well, haven't they? So uh, yeah. you know, Lewis's yeah, yeah. most successful track, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. To put it into context, George Russell, Russell, sorry, finished seventh, and Lewis Hamilton, after his penalty, finished eighth. Mm. So definitely not a great outing for them this weekend. No. Um, but an imperious performance by Max Verstappen who yeah. takes seven wins from nine races yeah. um, no stopping him obviously one by five seconds over Charles Leclerc and the Ferrari but mm. that is uh, with an asterisk because he obviously stopped for fresh rubber to do the fastest lap mm. um, he is um, I mean he's uncatchable 80 yeah, ma- something points ahead of Perez in the championship maximum points from the weekend yeah. you know winning the sprint race Won the sprint, the fastest yeah. lap um, you know and, and topping the sessions you know he is unstoppable um, yeah. you know simply awesome um, which which leads me to Perez because I felt he got praise for Sunday's race where he didn't really deserve it because he is driving the fastest car on the track uh, so therefore he should be finishing on the podium um, so I didn't think that was, uh, I don't know, I thought that was slightly overblown. You're harsh. I think you're I harsh. Am, I am harsh. Well, I mean, he started 15th and he finished yeah, third. He, so. he, sh- he shouldn't have started 15th, should he? No, he, he shouldn't have started 15th overall. either. I'll give him that. However, I want to address something because uh, Charles Leclerc obviously got ahead of Max Verstappen during the race. And mm. Max Verstappen, the DR, one thing, I'll, we'll probably come into this. The DRS zone down to turn four, I think it is now they call it, is ridiculous and makes overtaking a bit too easy. However, you've got to time it because if you end up in front and the car you're overtaking ends up with the DRS and then you can't perform the move. Max Verstappen didn't get this wrong over Charles Leclerc, passed him very easily. Why did Sergio Perez keep making the same mistake when he was trying to get past Carlos Sainz? It was driving me crazy. Mm -hmm. And actually, it's what cost him P2, I would say. Well. It drove me nuts. That's your opinion. I mean, yes, yes, you're probably right. Yes. Um, it was like a goldfish. Like yeah. every time he got back to the same corner, he'd forgotten that it didn't work last time. And he just did the same thing again. <laughs> I am harsh, but I don't think, I mean, I think he's under, I mean, the only driver under more pressure than him is probably Nick DeFreeze. Mm. Um, but uh, I just don't, I, I, I don't think he had a great weekend. No. Or maybe I'm being unfair, but I still I, I, I don't think Helmut Marco is gonna look at that and think, oh, you know, Checo's back hmm. after I mean, three pretty dire race weekends. It's difficult, is it, when you're comparing against Max. Yeah. You know, that I've got a good stat. Um mm-hmm. you know, he he'd been leading every race since lap forty seven in Miami. Um oh, so that's what, five races? Um actually it was a total of two hundred and forty eight consecutive laps he had led. 
Um, is that a record? That's I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I'm just thinking because Vettel. Um, yeah, when maybe. When he was 13. Perhaps. When he, he, he stopped for tyres and that's when um, someone else went ahead. I assume it was uh, Charles, wasn't yeah. it? He, he went yeah, yeah. into the lead briefly. Um, and I think he was, Max wasn't in the lead for 10 laps and then was back ahead um, after that. So, yeah, that shows you how much uh, dominance he's had. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, take nothing away from him. You know, great, great, great stuff. Um, no, yeah, really good. And, but, oh, and on Leclerc, actually, I have to say, I thought it was a really good weekend from him. Mm. I thought his uh, qualifying on Friday nights, because obviously it was a sprint weekend, so we had qualifying for the race on Friday nights. I thought the lap he put in was superb, and it was yeah. a bit of the, can I say Charles of old, given he's not very <laughs> old? Um, but, you know, it was a Charles that we saw maybe two years ago when we thought he was really fighting Max for the championship. Mm. Um, and it was a brilliant lap. And even, you know, I don't I don't know what you have to do to meet Max. Apparently neither do any of the other 19 drivers. Um, so I thought Ferrari in Charles' hands looked actually very good this weekend. And I think they'll, they will have left very happy because they beat Mercedes and Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Won't disagree with you. Okay, good. And I also think <laughs> McLaren are going to walk away very happy bunnies. Uh, they bought new floor and new barge boards, I think. Um, they only had one set of each, so they gave it to Lando Norris, as you would, uh, as your number one driver. And he really, really enjoyed the weekend. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. Sunday in fourth, uh, which is an upgrade um, after Carlos Sainz got his demotion as one of the many people who got a penalty, as we've touched on. Um, but he really liked the car. He He was not overblowing it he was you know still sort of I hate this expression I can't believe I'm about to say it cautiously optimistic oh. um, sorry I know I yeah, that is horrible uh, isn't it I think it's a bit of an oxymoron isn't it mm. um, but they looked pretty good McLaren and I've been I've been a bit of um, I've been sticking it to them so I think credit where credit's due because they've had a rough season yep yeah, I, I agree. I think it was, um, you know, they're making the right noises. Uh, I had a breakfast with Zach Brown on, on Sunday. Oh, how uh, was that? Oh, on race day? Yeah, yeah, on race day. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Um, yeah, I had uh, eggs and um, <laughs> some beans and you don't care about that. It was fun. The no, chat I, was good. I actually want to know what Zach had. <laughs> no, he didn't. He had already eaten, so uh, he just had oh, right. coffee. But um, no, it was, it was really insightful, good chat, all off record. Um, but generally, I'm not, I'm not going to you know, say anything other than they're optimistic moving forward. You know, They're in a healthy space with regards to the amount of logos and sponsors on the car. Silverstone coming up. They've got a special silvery what is it, Chrome edition for Google Chrome? Yeah, it looks but really cool. They just unveiled it this evening. Yeah, so it's, um, you know, I quite like that. Um, you know, they're giving things a go. And I think that uh, up until now, I, I would say uh, Piastri's done really well against Lando. Um, and it was a shame that he wasn't closer. But maybe, as you mentioned, that is a result of the upgraded parts that he had on his car. So, um, you know, both of those will be looking to go to Silverstone. You know, kind of a home race for Oscar. He spent so much time in the UK, lives in London. Uh, and of course, Lando, it being his home race, gives everyone a bit of a lift, lift doesn't it? So uh, and McLaren's home race. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, it's all um, it's all fairly positive down there. Oh, that's very good to hear. Um, I want to t- touch on Nick Defries very quickly mm-hmm. because he qualified last. Uh, he finished seventeenth in the race on Sunday. He is under enormous pressure. Helmet Marco, uh, being Helmet Marco, said that. Christian and I, Christian Horner, this is the Red Bull team principal, we mostly agree on things, but on this one we didn't agree. Uh, Christian Horner 
was keen on Nick DeFreeze and I wasn't so much. Um, and anyway, he's in the car, so we'll see. He's under huge pressure. He couldn't be under more pressure. And waiting in the wings is Danny Rick. Mm. Not convinced? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, actually. I, I, I think that um, I'm not sure Daniel's right at the moment in terms of the right fit for that team. I think that the fact that he turned down opportunities to drive this year tells you a lot about where he's at at the moment in his career. I think he needed the break. Um, you know, uh, there was obviously coming into this weekend, uh, Sergio Perez wasn't well and was late on the, I missed all his media day on Thursday. And I thought, oh, okay, that means, you know, surely Daniel will be here just in case. Um, but Daniel wasn't there. And I just thought, well, if I was vying for a seat and I really had, you know, I really had that desire to get back immediately, I would have made myself available to, 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 to be there at every opportunity. But, you know, Daniel wasn't there. And I just thought, maybe he's, maybe he's still using this time to figure out what he wants to do. Um, well, he turned down has, to be fair. He yeah. wanted a drive where he'd be at the front. Well, he's not going to get that at, at AlphaTauri Alpha or whatever they're about to become. Yeah, so so that's why I'm saying it. I don't think that he's going to have the same passion driving around at the back of, you know, back of the pack. Um, he's not going to be able to prove anything. And, of course, if he does get burnt and, you know, people, oh, maybe he has lost it. Maybe he isn't as good as we used to think he was. And that's the, that's the problem. He needs to be in a quick car to sh- show the world that he is good enough um, to carry on driving at the top level in Formula One. So two aspects, you know, the hunger, has he still got it? I don't know. I don't know if he knows. I think that's what he's using this year for to see if he still misses Formula One. Um, and also a bit, you know, driving for a top team. I don't think he's yeah. really got too much interest in poodling around at the back because it could do more damage than it could do good. So um, I think if, if they were looking to make a change, it would be um, Liam Lawson that would probably get the nod. Um, which makes me think that maybe they'll just stick with De Vries anyway. You know, he he's yeah. still in his debut season. I know he had a couple of races last year for you know a couple of different teams, but um, you know maybe we maybe you know we're, we're only at, we're not, are we at halfway yet? I don't even think we're halfway. No, we're not yet. even close. So, we're round ten, but only obviously Miller got dropped. If any had maybe races. we need to cut this guy a little bit of slack. Um, you know, let's let's just see. I don't think Red Bull have ever been known for cutting anyone slack, have they? <laughs> um, let's turn our attention to our favourite race of the year, <coughs> said yes. no British media ever, because uh, it's a very no, stressful no. week. Listen, listen, <laughs> I, 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 I like this one. I do I like, like this one, this actually. One. I'm a big fan of Silverstone. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of the, um, you know, the, the food options of an evening. You know, British food's always a bit touch and go isn't it but uh, uh the <laughs> just car go park, to the local pub <laughs> yeah yeah the car park, car park could be uh, fairly interesting but um no um i think it's a we're gonna have nice weather cracking race um yeah i hope you're right it's gonna be really hot i hope so apparently i don't believe the weather anymore i hope so um, um no but it should be really good yeah i think is it a good old classic track the drivers adore it that maggots beckett's those sequence of corners, they mm. all adore that. Uh, I think Daniel Ricciardo just touched on him again, said it was his favourite mile of any race racetrack. Mm. Um, it's a lot of fun. And also, this may be me being hopeful more than anything else. But oh, I thought you were going to say something feel- else. Yeah, go on. Oh, no. Oh, God. What do you think I was going to say? No, I thought you were going to say, oh, and also we've got the, uh, the totally unrelatable thing to the racing, which is the F1 movie being filmed. 
Oh, yeah, that all starts this week. It does. Um, no, we yeah. sorry. Oh, hang you, on. Well, uh, what I was going to say is I'm actually hopeful that someone other than Max is going to win a race. And I don't mean that to be against mm. Max. I mean that because I feel like fans are turning off in their droves at the moment. And actually, <laughs> dear listener, tell me if I'm wrong. But anecdotally, <laughs> I've been having conversations with people. Whenever I tell them what I do for a living, the response is always, oh, I used to love F1, but I'm not watching it anymore. Hmm. And I and I don't know if that's just people I talk to or because of what I do for a living and they just decide to tell me. Um, but yeah, I don't know if anyone's watching. So I think for the sport's sake, I'd quite like someone else to win. Well, here's the thing. I think someone will win. Someone different will win. Um, and I think it will it will be good. But there's also part of me that would love to see a, a clean sweep, you know, in terms yeah. of... It would be you know, an unbelievable it's, achievement. It's never happened before for a team to win at every race of the year. And, and given there are so many, um, and the fact that these, these cars are so, so complicated, it would be super impressive, wouldn't it? And that, that would yeah. be a you know a landmark achievement. But um, I think in all our interests, it would be good to, to see someone else win. Um, and maybe just, you know, the championship is, we, we've said this before in this podcast, hugely exciting if you take out Max at the top. <laughs> You've said this before. Yeah, because at, <laughs> cause the, the, here's, here's the thing. If Max was a F1 team, he would be winning the Constructors' Championship on his own. Yeah. So that shows you how, <laughs> how good he is. Um, um, let's talk about the film because they're all yep. there this weekend. You had a briefing in Austria from the yep. director. Yep. Um, are you allowed to say anything from it? No, but let's do it anyway. Uh, how's it going to work? Um, I'm presuming Brad Pitt will be there this weekend then. Yes, 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 he'll be there. He'll be there. I think it's no secret, is it? You know, they're going to be so doing some filming. they're setting up basically an 11th team, aren't they? Correct, and a yes. garage with a, um, this is all out there, I think. Yeah, they're so setting you know up it. an 11th, yeah, well, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm still too working yeah. on to be fair. Yeah. Um, they're setting up an 11th, 11th team, I say this in quote marks. Uh, they've got their own garage and that's pretty much the main thing, main difference. That So you'll actually be able to see it as well. I'm sure Sky mm. will probably do a big thing on it. Um, well, well it'll be quite there'll be, cool. There'll be filming opportunities throughout the day. So yeah. where they'll be looking to capture footage, um, the car's a GP2 car, which has been redesigned with extra bodywork. Um, oh, to... Brad Pitt's driving this weekend, isn't he? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So... There's an argument to say that this is the most technical stunt car ever made, you know, if you think Absolutely. about it. Whose car is it or have they made it? It's a, it's a GP2 car, which they've they've purchased and Mercedes have worked with them to do the bodywork to make it look like a current F1 car. Because Lewis is an executive producer. Um, well, it's quite a good project, isn't it, to get involved it's in, brilliant, I think, yeah. you know, for Mercedes to be involved in such a thing. Um, they, they obviously have the resource and, you know, come forward and, and did it. So. You know, I, I'm I'm quite excited. I'm I'm always a bit of a cynic about gimmicks, but uh, I'm quite excited about this one. I think well, that, um, I think they're using. They were saying that they're using basically the same cameras that they used for Top Gun Maverick, and but that smaller, for me, but smaller, but smaller, yeah. Mm. And that was incredible. So yeah. I actually think they're going to do. Um, well, I'm hopeful they're going to do a really good job of it. I'm quite excited about it. Yeah, and this technology will be. Um, working with Formula One. So anything that the movie do in terms of production and, and stuff that we like, if it, if it's a hit, then F1 will look to implement that technology into future broadcasts. So, you know, if you think of the cockpit shots from Top Gun, um, you know, these ones are going to be better because they're better quality camera, they're smaller, but that technology that will then be used by F1 going forward. So it's only going to move the sport along. Um, you know, in terms of the, the production quality. So I think it's hugely exciting. Um, you know, 
it's going to be interesting. Something new for us all to to get involved. Um, Are in. they going to be filming scenes in the paddock while we're all just walking around? I would imagine so. Yeah, I think just for um, you know cutaways and 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 just sort of capturing as much um, footage as possible. So yeah, we'll we'll all be in it. Um, it sounds know. really funny because do you remember when Netflix first arrived on the scene and mm. we were all very conscious of them. Yeah. And now you don't even notice them anymore. And the boom it, comes over and the camera's yeah. around and you're sort of just like, oh, they're still here. <laughs> I, did an, I did an interview with um, Alex Alban last week and they said, oh, do you mind if Netflix film it? And I was like, mm, no, of course not. Of course not. And I don't mind, but uh, at least they asked oh, this yeah, time. on the telly. Oh, yeah, that's the first time I've ever known them to ask. Yeah. So. Uh, Are yeah. you going to be famous, Ben? No, well, I don't know. I'll probably get caught. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, right, I have you got questions for us from yes. our dear listeners? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I've got a couple of questions. I've got uh, Miles. Usually we see Toto sympathetic. Oh, we've done this, but we, we can oh. we can touch on it more. Usually we see Toto sympathetic uh, with his drivers when the car is bad. Um, on race day, we saw him a little bit uh, curt with Lewis. Could this be a sign of a fraying tensions, contract negotiations, a car which they haven't got on top of? Um, and other teams finding huge levels of performance, Aston, McLaren, and even Williams of Alban, or am I making mountains out of molehills? Well, no, is the answer. We, we, we touched on that, didn't we? I should have probably read that out before. But, um, you know, I think it's quite an interesting point um, that people are sort of having their ears pricked up by that that relationship um, between Toto and Lewis and the fact that he had to tell him to, to stop moaning. So, uh, yeah. Although I think they're pretty solid. Hmm. Absolutely. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. Um. You know. I sort of gave it the big. Is there a big rift forming yeah. between them? But not probably not really. And you know, anyone who's tried to negotiate a contract with their own work, it's not exactly. You're not best friends with your boss while you're doing it. No. No. Um, no. If you're ever best friends with your boss. Yeah. Um. So no, I don't. I don't think it will massively affect their relationship in the long term. I'm sure it's already done and dusted, and they've moved on. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. Quick question about. Um, Oh, one of the um, smoke bombs nearly went on track. From who? Uh, Adam, who has reached out and said, uh, if that had been a piece of broken off car, they would have done something um, to the race. But no, not for Max fans. Well, he raises a a good point um, with regards to objects being thrown on track, smoke bombs, as well as beer was supposed to be prevented from being taken into into the track. But uh, clearly people were able to bring some stuff in so uh you know that needs to be looked at doesn't it again for next year because you can't have stuff like that going on um you know poses a danger to to everyone it's also a little bit uncomfortable with those smoke bombs going off because they're you know not very nice you know if you people people breathing all that in do you know what i was i can't remember the race now you might remember off the top of my head i remember doing a track run and at the first corner, there was a party on the first corner. Some sponsor was holding, you know, there was beer and mm. wine and, you know, loads of people on the track. And then I remember thinking, crikey, I hope they do a good job of the clear up. And then the next day, one of the drivers radioed in that there was a beer can on the track. Oh, really? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do, but I can't remember where it was. I can't yeah, remember where right. it was. I can remember running the track and now I can't picture where I was. But anyway, mm. it's a sort of similar thing. They obviously just didn't do a, a good enough clear up. Yeah, yeah, or, or, or bag search in this instance. And, mm. um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that it passed without incident after obviously the problems that they had the previous year with bad behaviour. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's good that at least Formula One 
addressed it in some capacity in the form of extra security and whatnot. And if you had an experience, let us know whether it's positive or negative, because it'd be good to get feedback uh, on, on what it was like. Okay, so thank you very much for listening. We will be back after the British Grand Prix. In the meantime, if you liked this podcast, please do rate and review it. It does mean a lot to us and does make a difference to us. Thank you very much for listening and we will speak to you next time. Thank you. Thank you.